Welcome to the Complete Fitness Podcast with Core 4 Complete Fitness. Your episode is starting in 3, 2, 1. Hello, 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 hello. 16th episode is right here, right now. Garbage man right in front of me outside of this window eating a pizza. Boy, does that look good. How am I supposed to talk about nutritional stuff now? That guy's just smacking a pizza in the driver's seat. Mmm, that's the dream. Sign me up. Just kidding. Just kidding. Love my job. Doesn't seem like the most sanitary thing. There's some type of irony here. Hope you washed your hands. Um... Anyway, it's the 16th episode. Sorry about that. I just saw the pizza box and got, you know, instantly started salivating. Like I tend to do. We are talking, guys. It's the question and answer episode, okay? A little bit of a hit on that last episode. I talked about it at the very, very end. I got to be honest. I'm not the most thrilled with our last episode, okay? I've gone back and reflected, and I think I went personally from my, my output I went from one of my best episodes, with episode 14, talk about Alex Honnold. Hint, hint, if you haven't looked at it. It's the one with the least amount of views right now for some reason. I was the most proud of it. Anyway, um, <laughs> go back and listen to that one because that one is good. I brought my A game. The last one, eh, I'm not so not so sold on myself. Um, but, hey, who if, if not me, who's going to be my harshest critic? Um... So we got the question and answer episode. I promise to be better than the last one. We're going to up the energy, be a little funnier, um, and try to make more sense, speak a little more coherently. Um, And it's directly to you. Now, I posted in the Facebook members group, guys, if by some reason um, you missed it, I'm sure we'll do another one of these in the future. If you just didn't have any questions and you're just here to listen, that's fantastic. but we did have an over overwhelming response. I mean, we had siblings, parents, we had friends, a couple B-list celebrities all commenting, oh my gosh, Evan, will you please answer this? I've been dying to know. I need to know what you think about this. That's obviously not true, guys. Three of our great gym members wrote in some questions. Luckily, these three all asked about four or five of them. So we got plenty of time to fill the whole episode. It makes me happy. I got a lot of good stuff to say. Um, so thank you, Jamie Garner, for answering those questions or asking those questions. Thank you, my main man, Tony Gainer, And thank you to the lovely Becky Condon. For right now, in, guys, we're going to spend this time, I'm going to spend this time answering those questions. Um, I have it all written down, so I made sure I did not skip any. Um, and thank you for not asking about any embarrassing things. You snooze, you lose. I gave you a green light. You could have asked me anything in the world. I would have exposed it all on this podcast for all 80 of you guys who listen. Um, but since you didn't, I'm going to still remain pure in your minds, I hope. Um, all right, let's dive right into it. Jamie. You asked, you're the very first thing, the very first question, and it's a big one, um, how to push past a plateau. Wow, that's a loaded question. So it depends. There are different different reasons. Oftentimes a plateau um, 
can be more mental than anything else where we t we feel ourselves kind of lay off the gas um just completely subconsciously not even knowing right you get in that routine and you got to remember when you started working out in this gym and feeling your body better and and things like that um that was a full change up in your routine so now your routine is um is this way right working out every single day like for you for example jamie you're 5 30 every single morning you're here working out um you look great i know you've had some great success i was trying to find i know that we talked about um how much weight you have actually lost um but again i'm not that worried about weight loss as it comes to function and feeling good and i know you're rocking it um but i also know that that number was pretty good so i'm bummed i just don't want to misquote and tell everybody you lost something crazy that you didn't um but i know you lost a good amount of weight which you wanted to do um, but more importantly, like I said, I know you're moving better, you're healthier, you're feeling good, stronger and all that good stuff. Cause you told me, and we can see it, we can see you in the gym. So, um, keep that up. But where that gets confused with plateau, um, is, is you got all the success because you changed your routine and you were challenging your body. Um, yes, every day you come into a workout and yes, that is challenging. Um, but challenging yourself has become routine. So there's a couple of different ways to do this um and what in this myth of a plateau right so remember the golden rule if your goal is still weight loss right the golden rule for weight loss this goes this is going to answer a couple questions and i'll circle back to it as we get into it but the goal with with the the number one vet uh variable for losing weight is staying in a caloric deficit right we need to consume less calories than we um burn throughout the day that is where we're going to lose weight there's a million and one different schemes and thoughts and keto and paleo and intermittent fasting which i'll touch on a little bit later all these things all of those things work but they're all also including a caloric deficit right the caloric deficit that's why you can have a well-balanced diet and still be in a caloric deficit that's why things like weight watchers works that's why things like loading your food in my fitness pal works because that's all it's focusing on. It takes all the jargon and you should only eat, you know, meat. You should only drink red wine. You should drink red wine every night. That diet's wild to me. Um, you know, keto, you should have no carbs, but you should eat a ton, a ton, a ton of fat all throughout the day. Um, there's all these different schemes and fads and, and whatever you want to call them. All of them involve a caloric deficit, guys. That's why they can all work depending on the person. Um, so spoiler alert. So what happens is we all have what's called our BMR, which is your basic metabolic rate, which is also going to answer uh, your next question, Jamie. Uh, but that BMR is different for everyone. And there's a couple calculators. It's a crazy, crazy uh, formula, which involves multiplying your age, um, your weight and your height by these really strange numbers. And of course, like anything else you find on the internet, there's a million different formulas to get there. Um, but they've all said the same thing. The normal, I mean, this is all speaking average. If you really wanted to lock it down, you'd have to look it up and do some research and figure out what kind of body type you are and, and really try to get as close to you um, as the individual as you can and, and find your numbers. But um, I can tell you, if you get in this ballpark, this is pretty close to what your BMR is going to be. You're not going to be off by a lot. Um but basically, the average male um, will burn around 22,000, 2,100 calories, um, and that's just a, that's just functioning. That's just living your every single day life. That's breathing, 
um, being conscious, moving um, a day, right? So what happens is we fuel ourselves. If we don't work out, we fuel ourselves normally standard diet. Um, if we can fuel ourselves under 2000 calories, we're not going to be gaining any weight. Um, we know how hard that is with all the food that's, that's offered to us now. So, um, easier said than done women. It is a little less. It's about 1800, 1700, um, that you're naturally going to burn. Now you can, and in most cases should be eating more calories than this because of how much you are working out in your active lifestyle. If you live a sedentary life, you wake up, you drive 30 minutes to work, you sit in your cubicle for eight hours, you drive 30 minutes home, you sit on your couch for four hours, you go to sleep, you're still going to be burning this 1800 for women, this 2000, 2200 for men. Yes. And if you do keep those calories less, you may be okay when it comes to gaining weight. Now you still need to fuel your body correctly when it comes to nutrients. However, this is base baseline and there's different variables going on. Of course, I'm not just going to say that's it. The point is we want to eat more than that, rightfully so. And even if it's 10 calories more, guys, we're not going to be in that, that break-even zone. So how we do this, we offset it by working out and by burning calories. Now, if you work all day you know, at a factory or something that's physical and you work out, your number, you know, if you're a female around 1800, that number is going to be way more. That's going to be like 3000 for you men, you know, 4,000, just depending on, on the number. Um, so you basically get more wiggle room with, with how you're fueling your body. And that way you can get that 2000 to, you know, 2,500 calories in there, still be in a caloric deficit because you worked out so hard and burned those calories. Um, however it may be right. I hope that made sense. Um, but that is the that is the goal. Um, why I'm talking about this with your question about pushing past a plateau, um, this BMR changes as your body changes. As you lose weight, as we age, your BMR is completely different. Like I said, it's a specific formula um, that we have. Um, and ask me about it. I'd, I'd be glad to send you the link and, and on how to calculate it. But like I said, you're going to be right around there anyway target that area for calories regardless um, if you want to find the exact number. And I promise good things will happen. Um, so this changes. So this idea of a plateau basically is we're doing what we used to do for our old selves and it's not working anymore. That's because we're not our old selves anymore, basically, like plain and simple. Um, we need to get back to challenging ourselves, pushing, trying to be better and better um, until we get that contentness, that goal with whatever we want. So um, I hope that answered your question about pushing past the plateau. We're always changing. You should always be challenging yourself. A um, couple things to do that. Harder output, work harder in those workouts. I know you work very hard, um, but really start up in the weight, challenge yourself a little more, um, try to speed up, work on that form always, guys. A good, a Let's say every time you do one full squat, you burn a calorie. Every time you do one half squat, you burn half a calorie. Okay, you spend the whole day doing half squats, you burn half as many calories as you would have doing full squats that whole workout. Okay, that's a very, very simple way to look at it. Do the full reps, make sure they're perfect, um, and, and good things will happen. Okay, strengthening and then burning if our goal is that fat loss and weight loss. And then um, that caloric intake, always thinking and, and changing and know um, 
kind of think about your BMR and what you're burning and staying in a caloric deficit if you want to be losing um, or hitting it if you want to maintain um, or going above it if you're really trying to gain weight and muscle. And But if you do that, of course, you need to be spending a lot of time strength training. Um, how to boost your metabolism. I wish there was a an answer. That's Jamie's next question. Sorry. Um, she has how to boost our metabolism. Um, it's not like there's a pill, although they'll try to tell you there is. Um, but the biggest thing is sleep, believe it or not. So when we don't sleep, we're more inclined to stress guys stress. Um, when we're stressed out, we release that cortisol, right? Um, and that's that stress hormone more or less. Um, and that hangs on to fat that retains everything. That's not what we want. So basic rule of thumb to keep that metabolism healthy, um, keep it revving, keep it moving with clean, easily digestible foods. Um, and then sleep. Okay. Give your body that time to recover. Um, so we're not foggy or tired and then reach for, you know, the candy and stuff like that. Um, but there is no magic pill for metabolism. Um, hit training. Okay. Hit training is great for metabolism as far as spiking gets that heart rate going. We've talked about the afterburn effect in here. Um, I won't get into it, but if we spike, we get that high intensity interval training going, which is why we do it, why we're so fond of it. Um, it kind of keeps that that afterburn effect for up to 14, 24, in some cases 36 hours. Um, you're in that, that burn mode, um, which is going to help break down some of your food and transfer it into um, those muscles, that building block. Um, which that segues perfectly into her third question, which was, is too much HIT training bad? Um, and this gets right back to this metabolism question. Um, actually, yes, too much of it is. But let me tell you, anything we're doing here is not even close to too much. Okay. Um, what's an example of, I, I, I don't know an example of too much HIT training. Um but what it, why it would be bad, it's not that it's the HIIT training, it's the amount of stress you're putting your body under, okay? It's not that HIIT training specifically is bad. It's we know HIIT training is hard. You know, I mean, whoever listening, I'm talking about Jamie right now. So um, if you're listening, right, which I'm sure you are, uh, you know how these workouts are hard. They challenge you every single time. Um, if you do too much of that, you're really stressing out your body. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then what did we just say about stress? It's that cortisol guys could actually lead to weight gain, um, in certain aspects. So, uh, we know we got that secret formula guys, 30 minute workouts, the perfect amount, you know, you've had great results. Um, it's just about that consistency at the end of the day, finding that caloric deficit. If you want to lose, um, if you want to maintain and strength train, you got to be right around there every single day. Um, and then of course, if you're trying to gain some muscle, a lot, a lot of strength training, um, and then eating correct food, a lot of protein. So, um, that rounds it out for you, Jamie. Those are your three big questions. Um, I hope I answered them correctly as I get into these other guys' questions. I'm sure, um, there'll be other things. I think you even commented in the Facebook post that you were interested in some of these other ones too. So, um, that's that next up talking about the sweet Becky, Becky Congdon, you um, asked a great question. How do I increase protein that's non-dairy? Okay, there's plant-based protein powder all over the place. Shout out Core4 Supplements, core4supplements.com, 10% off, 
um, with promo code podcast. Um, you know we have it right at the gym, right? We got that plant-based protein. It's delicious. I know we got several members using it right now. Um, after round, I can hook you up with one of them to let you know so they can let you know how they like it. Um, add a protein shake a day is what I found uh, to help increase the protein. Other than that, it's it's the normal hacks that anyone's going to tell you is any type of snack food you're having, make sure it has a good protein value. Nuts, seeds, cheeses. Well, you said no dairy. Um right? If it has a good protein value, at the end of the day, you're going to be eating more protein no matter what. Um, um, yeah, but as far as non-dairy, um, pea protein is very, very popular now. Uh, there's different types of protein. Man, I was just looking them up. I had them all. Um, but there's different avenues we can get protein that doesn't involve whey or casein or things like that, um, that dairy. So look them up. Um, if you're not a big protein shake haver, an awesome, awesome hack and tip, guys, is adding, you know, like those sugar-free jello or sugar-free pudding mixes, and there's a million and one flavors. Um, add those, okay? It's completely sugar-free, so you don't have to worry about sugar, and you can make a shake taste like anything. Add some vanilla protein, add some ice, blend it. Um, you can have it real, real much like, real like a shake, almond milk or water. You don't, don't do the ice. But mix, you know, whatever you could do, I don't know, some butterscotch in there, you know, and you can have like a vanilla butterscotch shake. I don't know, that was random, but if that sounds good to you, um, you know, throw a couple salted peanuts in there for garnish. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Um, there are different ways. So that's an awesome tip. If you're sick of having the same thing, if it doesn't satisfy you, you can do these shakes up. A lot and and all while without adding sugar. And you know there's a million different flavors. We can add berries, we can add spinach. Um, add spinach, you won't even taste it into any shake if you're blending it. Spinach and ice, uh, water or almond milk, your vanilla protein, and then your jello pudding flavor of choice. You won't even taste it, and you're gonna be getting an extra whatever 10, 15 grams of protein in there on top of the actual protein shake. So um, I recommend it, okay, and it helps with that boredom. Um, sugar cravings. That's a great example. Okay. You can kind of get that protein shake fixed. It's like drinking a milkshake almost, um, without getting that sugar. So that's a good tip for that. Um, but that comes from lack of carbs. So I know you, Becky, have been, uh, really doing this calorie counting lately and you look awesome. Um, but you're also decreased your carbs doing so. So your sugar cravings go up. Okay. Sugar is one of those things that, Having done this in experience, it's one of those things that you got to tough through it and then it gets easy, right? If you give yourself an honest seven to 10 days of zero added sugar, I mean zero, peanut butter has two grams of added sugar. Guess what you're not having for this seven to 10 days? Zero, zero added sugar. You can even have, you can get away with natural sugar. You can have fruits, right? And different things that are, that are naturally sweet um, and still get this sugar cleanse, okay? But you get away that added sugar. Come day 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, you don't even want it anymore. And I can say it from experience. You don't even have a craving for ice cream or cookies or cake or whatever. It doesn't even sound good. It's very, very easy. But it's one of those things that gets in us um, and it feels good and we crave it. And we um, obviously give into that temptation because we're tired. We wake up and we're sleepy. That's another thing why sleep is so important. If we have a healthy amount of sleep, guys, and we wake up and we have a coffee and some water and some hydration, maybe a piece of fruit, that's more than enough to get the ball rolling. But we wake up tired. 
Um, we add a bunch of cream and sugar into our coffee right there. We need that sugar fix the rest of the day because we've restarted that craving. Um, that craving, you know, kind of shock. Um, so the more, the faster you eliminate it and the faster you keep on not eating it, I promise the day comes and you'll be okay. And you can do that while having carbs. You can have rice and pasta and pizza. Um, pizza, be careful because the added sugar um, throughout the sauces. But there are places um, you'll see that don't have any added sugar in their sauce or whatever. Um, but of course, you can also buy it. So that type of stuff, you can still eat and get those carbs. It will reduce those sugar cravings. Um, but if you really can cut out added sugar, it's great. I had my mom texting me the other day about a cleanse and I cringed. I'm like, you're going to waste your time. You're going to feel like shit. And then after it's over, you're going to feel like shit because you're fueling your body again. Um, if you really want to cleanse, that's the one I recommend always cut out added sugar. It's in everything. It's going to be hard, but I promise after whatever, then you can start having stuff like peanut butter and stuff with very, very little added sugar. It tastes way better let me tell you stuff i went on a 40-day cleanse one time um, a couple years ago and stuff like brushing my teeth was good the toothpaste tasted delicious because i had so much time without little sugar and it and it makes it it makes it better peanut butter tasted like ice cream i mean it was it was amazing so you kind of get get in this routine with sugar and then it and then it adds it out and things like quest bars which is the artificial sweetener and stuff are like to die for it's unbelievable i can't believe i'm eating it and it's healthy for me um and that's just because you're getting rid of that that added sugar okay and your body adapts to it so that is for your sugar cravings tough it out increase those healthy carbs um decrease those crappy carbs and those artificial um added sugar and then the last question you had asked becky was what's collagen what's collagen for so it's basically structure okay um it's the it's another protein in our body that has everything to do with um that that surrounds more or less um bone skin muscle tendons uh ligaments blood vessels corneas your teeth i read um it's all that it's it's just it was described in 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 everything i've learned about it it's kind of like the fibers or the mesh um between right so if the main protein is a think of a chain leak fence the main protein are the bars the foundation there's vertical bars and there's the top bar um you need that that's the that's the strength that's the main foundation um right that the uh collagen kind of acts as all the the chain mill in between or if you have like chicken wire um at the bottom of a fence right um it kind of acts as that so it all builds and it helps smaller things right fingernails like i said teeth um it, it's 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 important okay it makes everything um come together a little bit better um that way um too much sugar too much sun and smoking are all challenges to collagen okay um so if we can avoid those things or if we do do those things you know the sun i think is the toughest one not everyone's a smoker not everyone's a crazy sugar hound uh but the sun i mean the sun is therapeutic it's it's good for us. It feels good. We want to be outside. We want to be active. So if we're getting a lot of sun, recommend a collagen supplement. Get it in there, guys. Um, just because it may it may help and counteract anything with that. All right. So that rounds out, Becky. Those are your questions. I hope I answer them. Um, please let me know. And then last but not least, my good 
Buddy Anthony Gainier wrapping it out. He has seven questions. Seven really, really good questions, got to be honest. Tony G, he was the best man at my wedding, my best friend in the whole entire world. Most days, um, I'm asking them, or I'm going to answer right now, everything you need, even though I think over the course of our friendship, I hopefully have helped you with some of these things. <laughs> if not, I suck. Uh, that's all right. I'll work on that. I can be better. Um, the first question he asks, how much rest ruins hit? Meaning a hit workout. I think basically what he was asking here um, is is too much rest in between um, whatever, in between uh, exercises, in between intervals. Is that going to stop the hit process, um, which is keeping that heart rate that you know the the peaks and valleys of of what a hit workout should look like, where we spike that heart rate, try to bring it back down, get composure, spike it again. Um, is too much uh, a point? Yes, but it'd have to be a lot of sustained time. It'd have to be like if you work out for three hard minutes and take like 10 minutes off. Basically, your heart needs to get completely back to resting um, and then some. So um, if that answers your question in a nutshell, I won't get into it too much um, because that's that's that. Um, the second question, what I wanted to spend more time on because so many people have this uh, question or thought or want is love handles. How do we get rid of those pesky love handles? Oh, they're the worst. Um, I created kind of a three, four, or a four-step plan that will help target, put emphasis on those love handles. Um, anybody who wants it, do this. It's in beta testing based off science, guys. If we do these four things, we're going to get some good results. Um, and so here, here we go without further ado. Number one is eliminate or decrease that sugar again. Added sugar, guys, it's just so bad for us. And, and, uh, carbohydrates, um, the breakdown of carbohydrates and sugar is said to be stored in our belly, stomach, belly fat, um, more so than elsewhere. Um, for whatever reason, each individual human kind of stores elsewhere um the big blanket statement is ladies tend to store it in their hips butt and thighs um where men store more so in that gut right that beer belly we all get um just magically happens once we turn 35 um if we're that lucky um <laughs> so uh i lost my train of thought <laughs> i was thinking about my beer belly um Anyway, so storing there, guys, that sugar and those carbs, um, that's that fat storing. That's the stuff that lingers. We know how bad and, and horrible it is for our health. That's where it's going to be stored. So immediately if we decrease that sugar, try to go on that sugar cleanse, um, it's going to happen for you, okay? It's going to decrease the size of those uh, those love handles. That paired with um, a lot of rotational exercises. Good for you. We do a bunch of these inside of the gym Um or on our, you know, obviously virtual on-demand workouts all the time. Stuff like bicycles, hip dips, wood chops, Russian twists. Those are all those rotational twisting exercises, guys. Uh, sludge hammers, those kind of turn med ball slams we do. Um, different things like that. V-ups, side crunches, uh, cross-body V-ups. Any type of that rotational exercise, guys, um, is very, very good for strengthening 
those areas. And then the third one's the big one, um, running. Adding running. Running is very, very good. It's that sustained heart rate, okay? Gets that, that burn going. Even if it's a mile a day or jogging, it's that continual, continual. Like we said, hit is awesome because it does that peak and valley, peak and valley, peak and valley, which is great to get that metabolism going, do a lot of strength training while we do cardio, but that standalone dead cardio where that heart rate just gets up to a high but manageable, maintainable um, level um, rather than pushing past that like we do in the gym and then bringing it back down and then pushing it past again. There's a time and place for everything. Um, getting to a sustainable but elevated heart rate um, and maintaining it really does well uh, for those areas um, in our body. And then the fourth one's the biggest one is patience, okay? It took you whatever. Um, tw- in my experience, 28 years to get, you know, love handles, whatever. It's it's not going to be gone in 28 days, okay? Be patient with it. Stay consistent with it. It tends to be one of the last things to go. All that stubborn belly fat is. That's why it's literally a phrase called stubborn belly fats because we know that's the last to go. Um, so you really got to hit it hard when it comes time to those those places uh, there. So that is my cocktail, my four-step cocktail on how to, and then ironically, less cocktails um, <laughs> on how to decrease those, those love handles there. And then you ask, how much is too much protein? This really becomes dangerous. You know, we hear, I think you're asking because we hear too much protein can be bad. It's bad for our kidneys um, and the breakdown and stuff like that. I think you really got to be eating a ton. I'm talking more than 200 grams of protein and also not using it as fuel. So you, Anthony, I know you work out a ton. Um, Most people listening to this are gym members. We really don't have to worry about going over the top with protein because we're using it as a fuel. Um, so as although we're consuming 150, 180 in some cases, uh, like you um, being a guy, being a bigger guy, you're going to eat a lot more protein than, you know, Jamie, for example, who we were just talking about, or Becky, for example, we were just talking about who do not need the same amount of protein as you. Um, so it's going to be different, but you're going to be using some of it too. You know, 80 grams, I don't know the actual number, 100 grams of that is going to be using to pump into those muscles to fuel um, the way we should. So if you really live sedent- a sedentary life, like that example of that human being I made up earlier uh, that doesn't do anything, and you're eating you know, 200 grams of protein, 250 grams of protein, yeah, that's going to be a lot. It's going to be pretty dangerous for you, um, and I don't think – I don't think you should do that. But in the grand scheme, being active and working, um, if you're not making yourself vomit from the amount of protein and chicken breast you're eating, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think you'll be A-OK in the protein department uh, there. But that is a good question because technically, yeah, we say up that protein, but technically, yeah, you're right. There is too much. You can eat too much, and it could be bad. But just like anything, baby, balance, anything in moderation. Um, does intermittent fasting work? This is a great question. And it goes right back to that caloric deficit I spoke about in the beginning. All right. That caloric deficit is huge. So in my opinion, my theory is the whole reason intermittent fasting got created was because someone thought, hang on to lose weight. I just need to be in a caloric deficit. So what if I only eat one time a day, but that one time is whatever I want, burgers, fries, milkshakes, pizza, um, can I do it? I mean, I guess theoretically, maybe you could, 
but that is still not it's a, it's an unhealthy way to live and fuel our body if the one thing you eat you eat one time a day and the only and what you're eating is a bunch of added sugar and fried food and and crap not real whole foods it's still not good for your body so um over time it's not just one meal intermittent fasting we got different different ratios there's the 14 hour fast and the 10 hour eating window 16 and 8 i think is the most common one so it could work for you with the assumption you're getting that caloric deficit a lot of people will fast 16 hours only eat in eight hour eight hours but they'll go hey baby intermittent fasting i can eat whatever i want in this eight hours on paper, you can. On paper, you're not going to be overeating. On paper, you're going to be eating, you know, a normal portion amount. But we know, guys, if you, you know, just a, just a caramel frappuccino from Starbucks is like seven, eight hundred calories. I mean, that's crazy. And that's just, you know, considered coffee to some people. Sad as that sounds, it's not coffee. It's just sugar and crap. It's a milkshake. It's the same thing. So. Um, those calories are out there and they're hidden and they're bad. They're a lot worse than we thought. Um, and we've learned it and we got to use that knowledge. So intermittent fasting could work long story short, as long as you're in a caloric deficit. Okay. If you in that eight hour window, eat correctly, eat good foods, still make sure you don't overdo it. Yeah. It could be a great tool to help you out. Um, but in other cases, you know, it definitely could not. Uh, the only other thing in there I wrote here on a note just so I didn't pass it up. When we talk about intermittent fasting, um, there's a couple theories with metabolism and what actually happens and what's better for your metabolism. Um, and based on the research I've done, I don't know which way to lean. Both sciences make sense. So um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a case by case or what, but basically what they are is one theory, the intermittent fasting theory is that what happens is your body, your metabolism is constantly working because you're constantly fueling and needing to break down food. Um, and so when you give it this window um, of no food, you're adding nothing for it to break down. You're essentially letting it catch up so that it can be running full op fully operational by the next time you eat. That makes a lot of sense, right? If it's kind of like this revving engine and it's backed up, right? It's, it's backed up. It's backed up. And then once you finally stop eating, it's just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And then it's running at full capacity. Okay, that does that definitely makes sense. But there's the also theory that your metabolism is something that needs to get going and stay going. And so what happens is, you know, push it more, more so like you're um, trying to gain momentum. It's a wheel and you push it down a hill, right? As you're eating and fueling, it's grabbing and fueling and burning and it's, the wheel's getting faster and faster and faster. And when we stop, the wheel can actually stop turning and slow. And so next time we fuel our body after 10, 12, 14 hours, 16 hour windows of fasting, it's harder to kind of get that crank going, get that wheel turning again. Um, right. So those are the two theories with our metabolism. Those are two ways that looked at it that made me really, really think. And uh, to me on paper, I think your metabolism is something that you need to kind of keep going i'm more so a component of that second one i don't think it's more so catching up to what we're eating all the time i think it's more so grabbing and going off of what um but that's just i mean i don't that that's just my opinion so two different ways to look at it um but i do know one thing guys if you're not in that caloric deficit good luck if your goal is weight loss okay get that caloric deficit maybe not eating till noon is going to help you reach that point 
Okay. But just don't be ridiculous with it. Know that you still need some guidelines in your eating window. You can't just eat uh, whatever you want the whole entire time. And then uh, this is a good question. Should I supplement lifting with core four workouts? Um, I made it very, very simple. If you want to become a giant, huge bodybuilder and win competitions for strength, uh, yes, you should be doing more weightlifting and less core four workouts. Um, if you want to live a long functional life, be able to do things like, uh, live independently forever, play with your, your grandkids, be able to run around, get up and down off the floor for a long, long time. Uh, absolutely not. You should be doing those core four workouts, guys. Functional strength, functional training is what we do. And it's important. Okay. It's not called functional training for nothing. It's called functional because it's to keep our function, um, that way. And then the last one is a joke one. Um, our barbecue chicken wraps healthy. Okay, that's an inside joke um, from way back when. I can assure you they are not. Can't fuel on just barbecue chicken, buffalo chicken wraps. Ooh, boy, are they good. Have it for that cheat meal. Uh, that's all I got. Those are your questions. Thank you so much, uh, the, you three who asked those questions. They were awesome questions. I hope I got to them all. Um, if I didn't, let me know. Leave a hateful comment and make me feel bad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, please don't. Um, but next time we'll do another one of these probably in a few months, guys. If you listen along and you wish you were, you know, some of your questions, you had questions and you would love them to be answered this way, please, please, please uh, hit me up next time we ask. Let me know. Add right in those comments. But uh, thank you, you three. Becky, Jamie, and Gainier, thank you so much for asking those questions. I think it made a great podcast. We answered a lot. Um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you, guys. Um, that's that's the great thing about this community is uh, those questions probably are what a lot of people were were thinking. So I hope that helped. Um, core 4 supplements, guys. Talked about it briefly earlier, but uh, we know the deal. 10% use the promo code podcast at checkout, guys. You can get 10% off. Collagen's in there, baby. Uh, we did a good segment on that with collagen, especially once it gets hot in summer. We're outside playing around. If you need that collagen, spend a lot of hours outside. You may. Um, it's good for that foundational strength and protein. Um, get that collagen in. We got that there, guys. We got joint health supplements, protein, plant-based protein, whey protein, uh, you name it. We got multivitamins, uh, all on the website, guys. And then, of course, if you're at the gym, inside of the gym as well. Uh, that's all I got. Of course, if you need anything at all, both big or small, um, let me know. Don't hesitate to come on and ask me um, whether you see me in the gym or or whatever. Uh, shoot me a Facebook message. Um, here for you guys always. Always dedicated to your success. That is all. Love you guys. Till next week. Bye-bye. I'm not afraid of